Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Hello and welcome to the penultimate, I know, I can't believe it, the penultimate episode of the Our Flag Means Death Series 1 review. I can't believe I got that out with my neighbours not banging. (laughs) And it's not that sort of banging, it's not exciting banging. Work is still ongoing next door, so you may hear that from time to time. So I finally, yet again, I mean, what has it been? Nine weeks and I'm still remembering to do plot synopsis. So the synopsis for this episode is as follows. At the mercy of Chauncey and the British, Steed and Blackbeard renounce their pirating ways in a desperate attempt to escape executions. I did a thing there. Now, now, for this episode, I have been joined by a very special guest. Announce yourself, special guest. Hello, it's Sasha again. That's right. Sasha is back. They enjoyed their time on Sponge's pleasure yacht so much that they returned. Is that not correct, Sasha? Yeah, they couldn't keep me away. (laughs) I mean, also, you weren't allowed to leave. (laughs) Yeah, you did lock the door. So, should we jump into this episode? Because this is a quarker. This is a quarker. One of the things I want to discuss is Act of Grace, which is that whole segment at the start with the trial, with Chauncey, all of it. And I thought the thing that I really, really enjoyed was Blackbeard is afraid of something for the first time in his life. I mean, we've kind of seen him a little bit afraid when he talked about what happened to his dad and all of that. But this is like, he's really afraid that something's going to happen to Steed and he can't stop it. Yeah. You see him looking around the ship and he's, he's literally looking for some way off anything. And I also yeah. say something that they said way back in episode four, four was what an expert tactician Ed is. And you kind of see that come to play here because yeah. he must have so briefly heard about this act of grace. And yet he manages to pull it out just when he needs it. Yeah, uh, I think as well, like, I, th- I think like when, because they, they sentenced Blackbeard to death and he's just like, yeah, thought, thought that would probably happen. Like, it was a long time coming, etc. Mm-hmm. And then Steve gets it and that is when he has to pull out the act of grace because he cannot let Steve die. No. And again, going back to what we said before, like that, given that that was his original plan, like that, he he absolutely he would as soon as Steed is the one in danger, he will give everything up. But at this point, he's turned his back on everything. He's turned his back on Calico Jack. He's turned his back on Izzy. He's turned his back really on the idea that idea completely. He's fully invested in Steed now. I think yeah. the minute he tells Calico Jack to just go away forever, <laughs> he. He has chosen who he wants and what he wants. And that is to just be with Steed, whatever happens. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but he, he, I think he, I mean, I I think a lot of people think that's this about people. He he sees his life as being worth less than Steed because Steed is someone who is special to him. And so if he was going to die, but Steed was going to live, that's fine. Mm, Yeah. 
he cannot take it, that Steve would also die. He's found this person in this world that understands him. He would rather die than lose that. He doesn't want to go back to what it used to be like because he knows yeah. that once he goes back, it will never be the same again. He will yeah. be hollow. Yeah. That part of himself, the Ed part, that will die. Yeah. There's an interesting quote, the thick of it. So Malcolm Tucker resigns and he basically says, you don't know Malcolm. Malcolm doesn't live here. Malcolm is a husk. Something lives inside me. It stares out my eyes and it tells me what to do. And I think, yeah, no, that's kind of Blackbeard. Malcolm, it's gone. You can't know Malcolm because Malcolm is not here. Malcolm fucking left the building fucking years ago. This is a fucking husk. I am a fucking host for this fucking job. Do you want this job? Yes. Yes, you do fucking want this job. Then you're going to have to fucking swallow this whole fucking life and let it grow inside you like a parasite. Getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it fucking eats your insides alive and it stares out of your eyes and tells you what to do. That's what will happen to him if Steve dies. He will just be a husk where an entity called Blackbeard lives inside him and tells him what to do. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's so interesting. Just really well played, because you get this sort of, like, the rising of the tension. And I've got to say, I just loved Reese Darby screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's, like, so stoic about it, and then he falls completely to pieces. (laughs) And I also wanted to say, I kind of felt really just moving back slightly earlier to the to the episode i liked the way that rory kinnear's chauncey is so different from his twin yeah there's a real difference there because i think chauncey was just really not very nice but also really thick yeah whereas this guy is like he appears to be the brains of the twins and Mm -hmm. he kind of maneuvers I think he knows at this point that Blackbeard wasn't on the ship then. Yeah. Obviously, I think he knows that Steed killed him. Yeah. So he manoeuvres Steed into a position where he has to tell him. And I love that his his ace in the pack is to say that Blackbeard confessed. Yeah. Because he kind of knows that he will then fess up. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, he is like... I mean, I wouldn't say he's massive. Like, he has that whole, like, breakdown thing. But, like, it, he, he, he is good at manipulating, I yeah. think. Well, I think the breakdown thing comes from, from two things, doesn't it? It's really, like, what's happened to his brother? I mean, that yeah. is still his twin brother. And even though they're not very nice people, they don't think they're not very nice people. Well, like, if you asked a bully, do you think they're, you're a bully? They'd say no, you know. They think they're nice people. And that things like this shouldn't happen to them. So there's that element to it, where he's obviously very upset about what's happened to his brother. And then also that he can't get the justice he feels that he's got a right to. Yeah. You know, that he's thwarted. And that also people like Steve Bonnet, are you joking? (laughs) Because he's incredulous to the fact that the crew and Blackbeard are prepared to stand up for Steed. Yeah. And also, I mean, the other two officers, the minute Black... I mean, let's be honest, the first hostage, the minute Blackbeard signs on, he's like, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. We don't need to kill Steve now because uh, that means I'll be able to have dinner with the king. So I'm good. Mm. And the other one didn't want to kill him anyway. Yeah. So this is just like, they're ready to leave and that's fine. So he's just, nobody is supporting him here. 
And yeah, it, it, I love him going absolutely nuts. I think Roy Kinnear is brilliant in the role yeah. because he's so unhinged. Yeah, like I, 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 I want him to play someone else in series two. I want him back. <laughs> well, come on, they've got to be triplets. Yeah, we need a trip. Now. We look, or maybe yeah. the chance, or maybe we could have the badminton quads. Yeah, <laughs> bringing, bringing more badminton's in. Like, just don't don't make me feel our another one. Yeah, <laughs> well, there was that film called Men where um, Rory Kinnear plays all of the men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not saying Rory Kinnear should play all of the characters, excluding the crew and Blackbeard and like. Steed and and Mary and stuff like that, but I think it'd be funny if you walked into a room and it was just badminton. They were all badmintons. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> it was so well too. I know, I know, so funny. But yeah, and I really loved the fact that at this point the crew are completely with Steed. Yeah, I love that. The growth in their relationship is just you see it, and it's really really incredible yeah and you feel it as well it feels like because sometimes you see things and it feels quite like artificial and Mm. doesn't feel very realistic whereas this feels it felt very realistic they've had a lot of bumps along the road but they have sort of together all of them gone past that yeah and they i do believe that they are a crew june the third an excellent day raided a commercial vessel after overwhelming the hardy crew. We claimed a prize of lush vegetation in conquest. Here's an illustration for reference. And here's the vegetation in question. They'll never forget the eccentric pirate bonnet and his savage, insane, vengeful pirate horde. See, he's a pirate, a real proper pirate. A proper pirate. That man is a fearsome pirate if I've ever seen one. Yeah, and also, that, again, because that, back in episode one, where they're all like, well, he's absolutely terrible, yeah. and we're going to mutiny and sort of he's, he's going to get us killed so we're going to kill him first of all again like it, it, it it's obviously a very different relationship to his relationship with Ed but it is the fact that he they they like him yeah they've spent time with him and they've realised that he is a good person and they like him and they like him being around yeah and I, I really like that as well but I just love the circular we talk things through as a crew yeah and I, I do love as well bit when when he first shouts Ask is great and that is his last resort. His yeah. he's desperate and he can't do anything else. And you just get that little kind of no from Izzy, like yeah. And I think like he's on the screen for a second, but the, like again, Colin Neal, like he plays him so well because you could see that is absolutely breaks his heart. Yeah, like he is devastated. Well, he's lost him forever, hasn't he? Yeah, that's it. There's no coming back. Yeah, like you know? that. That that is something in and. I that again like it's not like he did this whole dramatic kind of nah like you know it was so minor and so understated and it was just done so well that it, it again like like we said when we did we did the one for episode five like it he is such a well-rounded character yeah and I love that it it shows that as well no I completely agree I think it's so rifles are they ready oh God, you're my captain. And I was never going to stand by and let you destroy yourself for that twat. And this, this is a humane way of ending this. It's quick, it's clean. Oh, shit. Edward, you know that. Act of grace! Act of grace! I thought we could talk about the kiss. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I am going to say, as kisses go, it's not the best kiss. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a realistic first That's kiss. what I was going to say. I was actually going to say that. I was going to say, it's, yeah. not the, it's not the best kiss, but it's so realistic to what a first kiss can be like when you're trying to kiss someone and then maybe they didn't know you were going to kiss them. Which you shouldn't do. You should always ask before kissing, but... Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I I love the kiss because it is so, like, he he is so genuine and honest about it. And he gives this whole speech about, I don't want to go back Mm. to who I was because you make me happy. And I just felt like so sweet. Uh, Like, I mean, for me, it's not like going into it. Like, I, I started watching it after it had already come out yeah. and because I'd seen stuff on Twitter etc like I I knew the kiss was coming yes. going in yeah. series yeah um which I kind of wish that I didn't because I know that <clears throat> for a lot of people I've seen them say like that kiss that whole scene was so like healing for them because yes. they they were fully expecting to be queer baited yet again mm. by a TV show and that they were, it, you were going to have all these moments and, like, you know, you wear five things well, et cetera, et cetera. All of these moments where they're really close and it means something and then it's just going to be, yeah, but they're just best friends. Mm. And then you get that scene and you get the kiss and it, it's a real relationship. Yeah. And it's basically straight baiting. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> straight baited the heterosexuals for once. I have to say, I've had a number of people, because I've got people who listen to my podcast in the office I work in, and a lot of them listened to our episode and thought it was really good. So when the show was coming, they actually watched it on the strength of our recommendation. And they're all, like, married men, and they loved it. They loved the show. One of them even messaged me and was like, I love the show, thank you for the great recommendation. Yeah, it, it, it is an amazing show. Like it, but I said before, a comedy about pirates should not be this groundbreaking. I know, I know. It's so weird that it's... It, it is a massive groundbreaking thing, and it, it's for so many people. And I, I kind of love that. It, it's been coming for a long time as well, I think. For Ed, not necessarily for Steed. I think this takes Steed completely unawares. Because as we stated, Steed doesn't have an awareness of anything that's going on around him at any time. Yeah. And also, Steed has never been in a relationship. Steed Steed barely has friendships. He doesn't know what romance feels like. No. He doesn't know what love feels like. And I think we see that again in episode 10 when, um, when, when Mary's doing the whole, like, talking about what it's like to be in love. And... But he, he, I think until the moment Ed kissed him, he did not think that he had any sort of romantic feelings for Ed. Mm. And I think the kiss, the kiss showed him something, but then he freaked out and he went home. Um, yeah. No. But not in a kind of, not in a gay panic <clears throat> way. No, again, that's I what I was love. actually going to say. Because watching the kiss again, what I noticed was that all of the emotion seems to be on Ed's side, and you do get that line from Steed, you you make Steed happy. And yeah. I really think that's so cute. But then there's this moment where they're staring out, and like Blackbeard's saying, we could go to China. But you get this feeling 
with Steve that he's already disengaging a little bit from it. Or at least that's what I took away from it. He doesn't seem to yeah. be as excited by the prospect. It... See, I, I, I viewed that as being like, because he, he obviously, he left his family. Yeah. And he went off to be a pilot. Yeah. And obviously he to that yeah that the spectre of his wife and children comes back at the barracks and i do wonder if that man had not mentioned the naval officer if he had not mentioned mary in the kids if this scene would have been very different if steed would have been 150 percent let's just run they've been he's been reminded that they exist again yeah and again i think because that, that that fits into what I'm saying. Like he, he, in his head, could have turned around at any moment and gone home. Yeah. And Mary and the kids would have been waiting. Mm. So to find out that she had him declared dead and he actually has left them, mm. I think threw him for a tailspin. Mm. And then Ed was suggesting, literally, we can never go back. We are going to start completely again and we will definitely, 100%, never see them again. Yeah. And I think that, made him panic mm. so it was nothing to do with like it, it was entirely to do with his guilt yes yeah it wasn't it wasn't gay panic it no. wasn't running no. away it was to his mind he wasn't running away he was putting right the time that he ran away before well that correcting a mistake no that leads me into the next thing that i want to discuss which is yeah. the ending really so I want to pose something to you, which is, you know, see how you feel about this. Why didn't Blackbeard go looking for Steed? Because we know that he gave Steed some simple instructions, but we know what Steed's like. We know that Steed probably would get caught or he'd fall over or he'd fall asleep, you know, and you can't necessarily trusted to follow what you've asked him to do because he's such a klutz that he will make a mistake so why didn't blackbeard rather than assume that he'd been left why didn't he just go and try and see if he was okay yeah see i i i i, I don't like that he didn't because i think that he should have done but i do think that um like we've been saying about, like he's been blackbeard for so long because he thinks that Ed isn't good enough and people yeah. don't want Ed and people don't want Ed people want Blackbeard and so he possibly for the first time since he was a child showed someone Ed mm. he fully just himself he was Ed with Steed he wasn't Ed with Peach he wasn't Blackbeard he was himself and he has always been told that himself is not good enough mm. so when opened him like so to his mind Steed was on board until he saw who he was and then he saw the real him, and then he wanted nothing to do with it, because he was another person who wanted Blackbeard. That's really interesting, because I do think it plays back into, you know when they're in the bunk beds, and he, Steve looks over the edge of the bunk bed, and he's shocked to see Ed's face without the beard? Yeah. And I wonder if that didn't play a little bit into this, because yeah. Steve kept asking about his beard. Yeah. And I, then, I think, 
Yeah. Steed literally ran out of the room and then he follows him down onto the beach, doesn't he? But Steed sort of runs out of the room after Ed's told him that he has he got anything he wants to fold. Yeah, I think in his head he's just he has told himself that Steed was just yet another person who wanted Blackbeard. Whether a flashback to that barrack scene from from Ed's perspective might have cleared up some of my feelings, like, we both felt that given what Steed's like, Ed would have gone and seen if he was okay. Because Ed's incredibly protective over Steed. Yeah. And you see that he is really protective over him. And I don't think he would necessarily not worry from the minute he got there and he wasn't there. He would be worried about him because he's such, like we said, he's an idiot. Yeah, but then I can see that, like, cause from his perspective... There was no way it could go wrong. The guard was going to wake Steed up and yeah. the guard help him get to where the boat was. But Sash, I mean, the thing there is, right? <laughs> it's Steed. <laughs> but, on the other hand, if Batman hadn't appeared with a gun, the plan would have gone off without a hitch. Yeah, yeah. He, he was what Blackwood wasn't anticipating. And so, to his mind, here is this plan that cannot go wrong because you've got someone literally steering Steve the entire time yeah. then Steve isn't there therefore the logical conclusion is that Steve isn't there because Steve didn't want to be there I wonder if a lot of this comes down to the ages of the characters as well yeah. because what is Blackbeard he's like 48 if we take Taika Waititi's real age and we say Blackbeard's that age yeah okay and Look, I've been single for a long time and I can tell you I'm stuck in a rut, okay? I like my own company, right? Mm. I'd like somebody else to be in my life. But then sometimes you sabotage yourself because you think, actually, no, I do prefer my own company. And I wonder if it's just that he's been on his own for such a long time doing his own thing and he's created this narrative, as you say, in his head where no one wants Ed, everyone wants Blackbeard. He essentially says to himself, even though logic dictates something awful has happened, in his mind, this is just a set of of conditions that he knew were coming. He yeah. knew that he was always going to let him down. He knew that no one ever would want Ed. He knew that he wouldn't be at the dock. He knew yeah. that this was all pointless and that there was no point in any of it and you should never open yourself up to anybody. And he's had 48 years to, to get his head around this. And yet still, I wonder if that's also playing into it. Because, yeah. you know, with younger people, there's that element of like, you're young, you do get a lot of damage over the course with relationships, but you throw yourself into it. You know, you get more baggage. But I would say as you're older, the baggage you get gets heavier and you kind of feel like, do I? No, it was never going to work anyway. Does that make sense? So I wonder if there's that element and the fact that these are older characters refreshing the older characters and that they yeah. carry the sort of baggage that older people carry. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get on to the other one. Let's talk about Steed. Steed goes home. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's important. You made it really clear that Steed is not running away. He is not running with gay panic. Yeah. You know, he's not seeing images. He's not running from Ed. Yeah. He's not running from Ed. 
I think this is basically, from my perspective, what I saw was somebody, I wonder if they've gone back to a sort of almost like fugue-like state where you think about it, like he feels so guilty for that, what happened to badminton. But before then, what really lies at the heart of this is his family. That's the problem. His family are the issue that he feels so guilty towards what he's done. And rightly so, because what he did was appalling. Yeah. And, I mean, I love the line when he says, I sold some acres. You know they're Mary's acres that he sold yeah, without consultation. She, that's why they got married. Yeah. Because she had acreage. And you know that's her acres that he sold to build that boat. And yeah, yeah, he is just an awful husband and a terrible father and he should feel guilty. What he does to Ed is he replays what he does to Mary and the kids, just yeah. in the opposite direction. He just runs away again. Yeah, and I think this, this is also, like, I, I, I've said this before, like, I think he, he never saw Mary as her own person. He saw her as an extension of himself. Yeah. And so when he ran off and left her, he didn't think about the fact that he was leaving a person behind with a life. He was just thinking, I'm not happy with this element of my life. I'm going to do something different. Mm. And I, I think he's, he's, he's done the same thing. Like In thinking about, oh, actually, she is, that like, I should go back to that because I, you know, I, I've hurt people. I've done it. Like, he's, he's forgetting that actually he's got Ed, who is also a person. Like, he's too busy thinking about himself again. Yeah. But not necessarily in a bad... I would I would actually... I, I think you're giving him too much benefit of the doubt there. I actually think this is a bad way because he doesn't consider Ed for one second. Like, he didn't consider I, I, Mary I, or the kids. Yeah. I think, again, though, if badminton hadn't Yeah. Happened, yeah. He'd have gone with Ed. Oh, 100%. He'd have gone with Ed. Uh, I, 100%. I think, yeah. I think what Badminton said to him, like, he told him that he had brought Ed to ruin. He had mm. destroyed this man mm. who he loved. And then he witnessed someone accidentally shoot themselves in the face yeah. and probably went into shock. Yes. I think he went into a sort of fugue like state. I yeah. think he wasn't and thinking. Then, I think because he had all that in his head, he had the guilt about the fact that he left in the first place. Yeah. And he had the guilt about the fact that he had destroyed Blackbeard. And I think in his head, because sort of that, like he's thinking of himself as the main character. Yes. Like he he's thinking, well, if I'm not there, Blackbeard won't be ruined anymore. Mm. He can go back to being Blackbeard. Mm. Because again, not seeing him as his own person, who would be hurt by this decision, he's just thinking of him as. Blackbeard, I ruined Blackbeard, yeah. therefore if I'm not there, Blackbeard will be fine. Yeah, yeah. But all of these people in his world are just supporting players, even Blackbeard at this point. I'm not saying that this is going to be, because I think by the next episode, Blackbeard's not a supporting player in his world. He is no. part of his world. He, but he I think... realises how much he missed him. Because I, I think, again, like, I think he... I mean, you, you had that moment where he was thinking about Mary and the kids, and then he was just like, no, no, this is my life now. So, like, he did miss them, but yeah. not in the same way. Whereas, I think he missed Ed, he, he realised how much he missed him. And how can you ruin someone's life like that? And yeah. just leave them? Because, I mean, 
he went back and that was the worst thing that could have happened to Mary. Having him back, it's awful. They're free. They don't like him and they don't want him around. And him turning back up was awful for her. Yeah. But of course, to his mind, he is the main character. He is her husband. Yeah. They would be thrilled to have him back. Mm. Because to his mind, it was a horrible mistake that he left. Yeah. He it's interesting that none of that revolves around the kiss. All of the stuff that leads him to run away is nothing to do with the fact that he kissed Blackbeard. Yeah. Like, he's fine with that. Yeah. I'm guessing it's not a deliberate detail, but it was pointed out to me, and I was like, that the implications are lovely. In that the, the front door to Steve's house, mm-hmm. when he comes in, that is the door. That is the door to the good place. Oh, really? I it's thought I'd seen it before. Same door. Yeah, the mail room in the good place where you've got that door that leads into it, that is Steve's front door. Oh, interesting. And so the implications that there, but which I'm guessing isn't deliberate. I'm guessing it's just a set that they have. Yeah. But the implication that outside of the house is a good place. I really like that, even if it's not intentional. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. No, yeah. I really like that. Oh, I love that detail. Well, that's canon now for me. Yeah. <laughs> but it is really interesting. And more than anything else, it does make me wonder, what is season two going to look like for these two characters? Because he's done, Steed has done something that is truly, I would say, in Ed slash Blackbeard's mind. He's crossed the line. There's yeah. no going back. What I would like, like, I want there to be, a, like, a, a fight about it, a talk about it, but I, I do also, I want, I think it would be interesting for Blackbeard to, A, learn that Steve definitely did go back to his family, mm. and also that Steve is dead. Yeah, so if he finds out he's dead, so not only in his mind, so he left him, mm-hmm. but then he can never get his revenge for that, because Steve has died, and he's already grieving him because he's grieving the relationship. Mm. And now he finds out he's actually dead. And also, I can see there, I can see that when you meet again, like, it's going to be absolutely furious. Like, uh, this is what I want. I want a realistic reaction, which I think would be anger. Yes. I, I don't want sort of, you know, happy, weepy, oh my God, you're alive and you're back. Like, yeah. he was absolutely fuming, and he would probably try to kill him. Yes. Yes. This is what I want. I want a black, I want a full on proper blackbeard speed duel. I would love that. I think that would be really good. And I think at one point, I think Steed should totally put his foot in it by saying, "Why didn't you come and find me?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you know, Steed would put his foot in it. <laughs> yeah, because he'd be trying to justify himself, and then that would make it worse. Yes. Yeah, he would so try and justify it. <laughs> beginning of next year maybe oh my god i can't I wait that I, long i don't know how long what it's like post-production stuff takes i have absolutely no idea well i think so, it takes usually a month or two so maybe the end of this year that would be good i mean i don't think it's i don't think they should risk people like this i mean having come out of a pandemic we need to know what happens because what if an asteroid comes next ash you know, we cannot risk it. What yeah. if we die before we see this? I don't trust the world. Also, how good would this year be if we got good omen series 
and our family's death very soon. Yeah, I think though, I think with Good Omens, I think it will be queer baity. Yeah, well, yes and no. Like, I don't, I don't, I, 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 I don't really agree that Good Omens is queer baiting, but like, it, 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 it's never going to be a romantic relationship. Yeah. I don't, yeah, and I think it will let down a lot of people who want it to be. Um, yeah, in the way. I think that to me, I, I, I view it as something that is never going to be, for want of a better word, never going to be consummated. Yeah. Like, to my mind, it is, it is a romance, but it, it's the sort of romance that you get between, like, you know, two two 90-year-olds, but they sit in the park and they hold hands. Yeah. And you don't see anything more than that. Yes. No, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, I don't... Are they even capable of anything more than that? I mean... I, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's plenty of people that are, like, saying they're asexual, etc. Like, they are, they are. But, like, I, I don't think that... Unless they go down the whole, like, you know, staring at... I mean, I don't know, the whole, like, long lingering looks and making it very clear that they want something but like i i just yeah i don't see it happening that people want it to be a canon relationship though because i was so disappointed with what we do in the shadows series four ah yeah i i had such high hopes and then that first episode and then it got worse yeah as long as our flag means death doesn't give us that sort of first episode it will be fine and I don't think they will because I think the writing on this is way more sophisticated than the writing on our flag yeah. means death I, I I have faith in in David Jenkins and I hope he doesn't let me down and the episode starts off with sort of Blackbeard and speed aboard a boat the fake heads idea wasn't bad oh come on stupid idea I've only got stupid ideas oh shut up how are you handling this so well? I don't know. It's kind of nice just to take a load off. Just to... Just to be Edward. I don't know if I want to go back to the old days. Just drinking all day and biting the heads off turtles or making some poor bloke eat his own toes as a laugh. I wanted to talk about the crew of the Revenge and Izzy. Yeah. And Izzy's leadership technique, which... I think, yeah, I think that Izzy was trying to be who he thinks Blackbeard is. Mm, yes. Except Blackbeard was that way because he had years of being a certain way and building up that reputation and building up that um, loyalty from his crew. Yeah. Izzy just came in out of nowhere like little rabid chihuahua man mm. and expected that to work out for him and expected that to stick and it just highlights that he has absolutely no idea. I would also say Blackbeard is quite frightening but it's couched within almost a relatability like mm. how he introduces himself to the crew. Hi I'm Blackbeard and he shakes all their hands with the full intention that he's going to kill all these people. That's quite interesting because he can be very sort of personable and then he turns on a, literally on the head of a pin and is yeah. psychotic. And I think Izzy doesn't get the first bit. He's always the second bit. Like, you know. he doesn't see the need 
to be friendly to people. Yeah, he doesn't understand that, like, Blackbeard's whole style is velvet glove, but inside is a gauntlet. Uh, whereas, yeah, he's just he's just a terrible leader. He's picked up nothing. <laughs> um, and I also wanted to say, when they decide to mutiny, I love how Fang and Ivan now are just 100% part of the revenge group. Yeah, and There's... again, I think that, like, because when they were first introduced and they were kind of like Izzy, because that's how they had to be. Mm. Because on Blackbeard's ship, as it was, you had Izzy as the right-hand man and you had Blackbeard being Blackbeard. Mm. Um, so in order to survive on the ship, they had to be that way and then meeting the crew of the Revenge. But actually, you don't because these people are fine. And it's like... And so, yeah, they were just really like... The one that, like, like Edward, they, like, they don't want to go back to it either. Like, they don't want to be who they were and they don't want to treat them how they were. Like, I, I'm... I'm yeah, I mean, I love Gus Khan anyway, but I'm genuinely gutted just that, like, Ivan won't be coming back. Yeah, I'm really sad. I was going to say, I think it's a real shame we don't get more Ivan. And what I was going to say is, is, do we know if Ivan's going to be recast or is he just going to disappear? I I heard, I see, I wouldn't want him to be part mm-hmm. because I think he played it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wouldn't want him to just disappear. Like I would like, even if it's just a throwaway line about how he was like killed somehow. Mm. Like I don't want it to just be like he never existed. Yeah. Like like the the rest of Blackbeard's crew are just never mentioned ever again. <laughs> well, that's they're, they're still on the other big boat, boat though. You know, and it's clear that Blackbeard doesn't really care about his crew because yeah. when they first had that interaction back in episode four and he said, "We've," Izzy said to Blackbeard, we've lost four of our men. And Blackbeard's response was, yeah, well, that's what it's like when you're a pirate. Yeah. So he doesn't care. He doesn't care. No. But like, I, especially given the character development of Ivan and Fang, like, we need to at least get something from Fang about yeah. why Ivan's there. I mean, maybe... Uh, maybe not have Ivan die maybe just have Ivan leave because I think under this new black beard let's call him uber beard things are going to be very dark yeah I think they could just have it to say that he like went off on one of Blackbeard's other ships or something yeah or maybe he just you know got on because they've got a they've got a dinghy haven't they so maybe yeah. he just nicked the ting- dinghy one night and and left yeah, you know. I, yeah, I just, I just, as soon as they mention him, then I'll be happy. Yeah, I think, but that's like neither here nor there. I think as long as they mention him, yeah, and it's not swept under the rug. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But I just love how integrated they are now into the full, full crew, and I love the idea of Olawande being captain. And I do wonder if that is the future for Olawande. Yeah, yeah, like I can totally see that. Because I think um, I think Jim would make a great co-captain. Yeah, they absolutely would. <laughs> they would be great running a ship together. Yeah. You know, Jim to be like the aggressor yeah. and help them survive. And then you've got him doing all the leadership stuff. Yeah, I think they'd be really good together. Um, so I do wonder if that is foreshadowed. Because a lot of the writing in this has foreshadowed what is to come in other episodes really well. So I do wonder if Olawande being chosen as the captain of the Revenge is foreshadowing perhaps 
what may happen to his character in the end and I would love that because he's so yeah. he's so great he's the only normal person surrounded by a cast of clowns yes but this is what I want from the end of our five minutes death Ed fake their death yeah. run away leave Oluwami in charge this yeah, is what we want. I would say as well, I think when Blackbeard dies, you know this, I think it should be Izzy. Yeah. So I kind of want, well, Steed's already dead, so he can run off at any point. But Blackbeard, I think Izzy should totally take on the mantle of Blackbeard and then shortly after be killed, but we don't see that, we're just told. Yeah. And then, yeah, Olawente and Jim become the owners of the revenge. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah i just i loved how on board they were with their mutiny yeah and yeah this is fine i sort of wish they had thrown izzy over the edge <laughs> yeah i do think it was a bit strange like he's back therefore izzy's fine we're just gonna let him off the anchor well i think it was because izzy is his second in command and they were worried that if they yeah. did throw him overboard, what might that might what might happen? Yeah, you know. True. And also, it was a moment of shock. And Izzy seems to be the only person other than Steed who, and I mean Lucius later, but he appears to be the only other person that can approach Blackbeard and talk to him. Yeah, you know. I I I do wonder. Obviously, like obviously in in real life, Izzy has like sixteen or whatever, but like. I wonder if Izzy, how long they've been working together, because I don't think it ever says, does it? No. I mean, I would love it if Izzy was actually 16. <laughs> yeah, he's just like... Because Spanish Jackie's 25. <laughs> uh, but like, I do wonder if, like, uh, whether Izzy helped cultivate Blackbeard. Mm, yeah, I, I, I wonder, because he does say, I signed on with Blackbeard. So yeah. I wonder if the idea is Blackbeard kind of... Pe- I read into it, and this is just me, I read into it that he'd come to work for Blackbeard because Blackbeard was such a phenomenal pirate, but that Izzy Hands was a good pirate also, and that he decided to work for Blackbeard, and they'd been working together for a number of years successfully. Mm. I never kind of felt like... I think life has cultivated Blackbeard, not yeah. any one person. Oh, no, not any one person. You know. But I, mean, but I, I see how having someone like Izzy mm. could have helped create the legend. Well, it's definitely not going to help you get any better, is it? I mean, they're oh, not no. going to help you improve yourself because Izzy doesn't no. even run, really understand why Blackbeard's unhappy in the first place. But Izzy's got another rung on the ladder of success before he gets to the place where Blackbeard is. Blackbeard essentially has hit all of the promotions that he can possibly get. And the only thing he can do now is die. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing else for him. You want to be a captain? I'm a captain. Izzy is still just second mate. He's still got that other level to get up to. And so for him, I guess, yeah, why would you want to leave now? Because, you know, we're making it work, you know. But for Blackbeard, like, of course, there's nothing... Like, when you're at the summit, the only way you can go is down. Yeah, and, and like you said to Steve, like, he, he doesn't even need to be on the ship for people to surrender. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could take... It uh, kind of 
reminds me of, you know, in Princess Bride, when there's always the dread pirate Roberts? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that, because there's, like, it's just the legend. It's always a different guy. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of what's happening to Blackbeard. Yeah. Maybe Olawande's going to end up being Blackbeard. (laughs) Yeah. Or Jim. I would love Jim to be Blackbeard. Jim would be a good Blackbeard. Yeah. Although... They just fully... They they just fly the flag. Maybe they're all Blackbeard. Yeah. They turn around and they're all wearing the beard. (laughs) It's like, I'm Blackbeard. I'm Blackbeard. You know, like Spartacus. (laughs) I mean, we've had some fun with this episode. What rating would you give it? I would... I'm going to give it eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Because I think there there are certain things that could have been done differently or that I'm not massively 100% behind. Mm. But I, I, overall, I love the episode. Mm. Yes. Yes. I really loved it. And I think it was it. a very important episode, like mm. with the kit, with the whole queer vaping, straight vaping, what have you. Like, I think it, it was a very important episode. But I would also say that kiss. It doesn't really, it's one of those things that sort of transcends, it's about this relationship and it transcends those borders of queer baiting or straight baiting. It's just about, you kind of saw this coming from the minute they first met and they've been on this, this sort of road to this kiss the entire time and that it's such a natural obvious thing that was going to happen and happened and and I think that's what's so refreshing about it it's not about I think the writer wasn't trying to get any sort of sensation sensational coverage it's literally this is the logical conclusion to where these two characters have been heading this whole time yeah I I think literally like this is what it is is get so much so many media like things where you have that sort of relationship but then there is no cultivation there is no kiss Mm. because oh my god gay people like and so to have that that is why it's so refreshing is that it's it's just a normal relationship and a normal progression and like i've said that should not be groundbreaking in 2023 or 2022 rather when it came out but like it it is Sadly, and um, but yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's just a normal relationship. Yeah, and the breakup album's going to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually can't wait. Thank you, Sasha, for joining me again. Yeah, um, it's been a delight to have you. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have you every week if I could. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave.